Amen. I want to thank God for being here this morning, Pastor Paul and our sister Florence and the, the leaders of the church and everyone else. I thank God for the opportunity to be back here in this fellowship. Wasn't I blessed by the worship team? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. It's been such a blessing and I want to thank God for the invite. I want to thank God to be able to come back. My heart is well. I love the Lord. I brought my daughter as well. Uh, that's my firstborn. Michelle, just wave. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I don't know where to start. It's been everything the Spirit of God has led us at such a high level and I just want to bless God and I believe we are all connected, switched on to what God is doing and saying here today. Amen. Amen. And as I listened to the prayer points, as I listened to those who have been unwell and the testimonies and uh, you know, I couldn't help but my spirit went back to John chapter 1 verse 14. It says, and the word came, and this is not what I'm going to minister about, but I feel I want to share this scripture just to encourage somebody. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. If you jump on to verse 14, it says, and all his fullness. So he came and dwelt among us. And we witness, that's what John is writing, saying, we witness the glory, the, the, the glory that was upon him. And we saw that he was full, Christ. You know, if you want to describe the substance, he was full of grace and truth. And then verse 14, he says, and of this fullness, the totality of Christ, of that we have all received grace upon grace. And this morning, afternoon, I just want to speak the same grace. That with all those situations, especially for Gwen, may grace upon grace be received in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to share something that's very close in my heart. God has been reminding me, teaching me, and I felt it was the right thing to, to share here. That's what I felt impressed in my spirit. And because of time, oh. Our time is up, <laughs> but because of time, I will try and summarize. We thank God it's been recorded so you can, if I'm very fast, you can listen later, right? <laughs> uh, I will try and just go through I want to talk about walking in the fear of God. And as we worshipped this morning, there were so many things we said and we sang, but wanting to be aware of His presence. That was one of the songs we sang. We sang another one, we sing, we crown you with many crowns. We, we adore him. And as I think about the fear of God, it's exactly what we've been worshiping here this morning. But I just want to break it down. I just want to summarize it and say, you know, why we should walk in the fear of God, what the fear of God is, and we'll take it from there. I believe the Lord will help us. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, the fear of God. You know, the Bible talks a lot about the fear of God. And time will not allow me to just go through the background I would have wanted to go back and just lay a good foundation and say, you know, when we talk about the fear of God, we are not talking about the natural fear. 
you, you, you see a car and you are about to cross the road and you jump. That is a natural fear. I mean, there is also fear, you know, that uh, is very demonic, that torments, that brings a lot of dread in your life. That is not godly fear. In fact, Timothy, Second Timothy 1, 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, but of love, and of sound mind. So anything that is contrary to that is not the fear of God. You know, it is not the fear of men where you, you are afraid to offend, not from a Christian perspective, but you're so afraid of people's opinions, of people's, you know, what they say and do. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, it calls, said, the fear of man is a snare, it's a trap. It traps you because you're not able to fear God or do what you're supposed to do because the fear of man is in front of you. It's not being afraid of God. It's not like you're just afraid of God. This, you know, God is love. And in love, there is no fear. Praise the name of Jesus. Because he says, in love, cast out fear. So when we talk about the fear of God, we are not talking about those things I've just mentioned. We are talking about something deeper than that. You know, uh, Luke 12, uh, verse 4 to 5, it says, I will tell you who to fear. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. He's saying, I tell you who to fear. Fear who has power over your life when you are alive, and even when you are gone. <laughs> he remains in charge. There is another authority, there is another power that is in control when you are aware and when you are not. That is to be feared, and that is God. Isaiah puts it this way, he says, Make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. He is the one you should, he is the one who should make you tremble. That's how Isaiah put it. Now, when uh, in the Old Testament, if you read at your own time in the book of Exodus 20, and you read through how God came to speak to the children of Israel, and there was a lot of uh, quakes and, and sounds and a lot of, you know, drama out there in the heaven, and they just dreaded, and they thought, this God, you know, let's have a messenger, let Moses speak to you, and they, you know, you speak with Moses, whatever, we are ready to listen, and send Moses to us. They were afraid, they were frightened because of how God had manifested himself. And Moses come back to them in verse 20, if you read, he says, do not be afraid. The only reason God came to test you this way is because, in verse 20, he says, is because he wants his fear to be constantly ahead of you, constantly in front of you. God demonstrated or presented himself in a manner that made them stand still and think, wow, there is power and there is power. <laughs> there is Moses and there is God. And they were so afraid. And Moses said the only reason he's trying to show his many aspects it's because he wants you to live your life in such that his fear is constantly in front of you. You are so aware, you know, it's on your face that you turn this way, you think God is watching. You turn this way, you think God is here. That is the fear of God. Praise the name of God. So that's what Moses was trying to, to tell them. So it's such an important aspect of God. In fact, Isaiah talks about the different manifestations of the spirit of God and one of the things he mentioned he says you know is the spirit of God is the fear of God as a manifestation of the Holy Spirit Isaiah 33 he talks about the fear of God as his treasure is so treasured uh, if you read in the Old Testament I think it's Genesis 30 31 there Jacob before his uncle Laban 
and they're talking, and if you read chapter 31, verse 42 there, he starts to describe his own father. So Jacob is describing his father Isaac. And he described, no, he's describing God and using his father as an example. And he described, he says, God, he described God as the fear and the dread of Isaac. You know, in other words, that God, Isaac, feared and dreaded God in his action, in his life. So Jacob described God, when he talked about God, he says that God is the dread and the fear of Isaac. And he's just trying to lay a foundation and say, you know, there is something about God that should bring us as a standstill as we live our life, that we should be so conscious about him. Praise the name of Jesus. First Peter 3:15, he says, but in your heart, revere Christ as Lord. In our hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Set him apart. Sanctify him. Regard him. Hallow him. Elevate him. Acknowledge him. That is the fear of God. Proverbs 18, verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way, and the forward mouth. In other words, a mouth that speaks anyhow, carelessly. So the fear of God keeps you from evil, from pride, from arrogance, from any evil way, and from speaking anyhow. The Lord says, those do I hate. So when we, if we were to get a definition of what really the fear of God is, it is being able to acknowledge his sovereignty, his worth, like we were singing earlier, his worthy. You being able to constantly and consciously, intentionally, being aware to hold him in very high regard, to esteem him, to crown him, to enthrone him, consciously, every day, in everything we do. You wake up in the morning, you acknowledge someone else is in control. You, you rise up before you think of turning right, left, you think, yes, he reigns, he is supreme. You adore him, you exhort him, you esteem him, you worship him, you, you just magnify him. That awareness as a guide on a day-to-day -day basis, that is the fear of God. It is the acknowledgement that how I live my life, that there is a, there is a powerful wrath against sin, there is powerful consequences against sin, that as a Christian, I can't abuse the grace of God and live anyhowly just because there is grace. No, I can't. The fear of God restrains you from abusing the grace of God. Paul says, can we continue to sin so that grace may abound? No, we cannot. The fear of God is the only restraint that puts us back on track in walking with the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. So it is being able to live our lives, to profess that we know Christ and our actions to confirm what we have spoken. Amen. That is walking and living in the fear of God. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. Are you with me so far? Yes. Praise the name of Jesus. It's important we understand because what happens is that if we don't walk in the fear of God as Christians, if we don't acknowledge, if we are not aware of the need to walk in the fear of God, we will be left with religion and rituals. Yes. So we do what we are familiar with. We do what we think should be done because we have done this program many times. I'm sure most of you 
and maybe all of you can stand here and run the program for this service with your eyes closed. Because you're familiar with the program. You know how things go. You know the language of the church. You know, you, you can raise your hand, the tongues will come out anyway, even if they are old or not refreshed. <laughs> because they have been there, we become familiar. And be when the fear of God leaves, oh, we have this routine. Routines don't deliver, they don't transform, they don't impact. They bring some excitement, but no transformation. Mm -hmm. They don't bring souls to the kingdom. They don't bring healing to the mind and to the soul, because it's just routine and religion. But the fear of God keeps you on check. And it's a shame that nowadays in the body of Christ, we have so many excuses for many things. We can excuse ourselves from living light, from being uh, disciplined, from being committed, from being available, from serving God with so many excuses. And those are not things that you will go and tell your boss, those who are working. Those are not things that you would go and tell, you know, somewhere where you think you have something to gain immediately. <laughs> I always marvel when I see people who are strong and well and can do it, you know, always sending messages to church saying, I'm with you in the spirit. <laughs> and I always tell my youth, next time, send that to your boss and say, I'm not coming to work today, I'm a bit tired. I'm with you in the spirit. <laughs> and let's see what will happen. But because we take advantage of the fact that scripture says God is long-suffering, he is kind, he is gentle, so I can get away with it anytime. You know, God is, you know, in the book of Numbers, I think it is Numbers 18, he says, the Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love, forgiving sin and rebellion. Yet, he does not leave the guilty unpunished. In other words, he's not ignorant. Sometimes we say, God understands. That is 100% true. But you know what he understands? You don't fear God. He understands that I am either disorganized, lazy, unavailable, unwilling, somebody who cannot be trusted with the weightier matters of the kingdom because I'm not pulling up my weight. That's all he understands. It's true he understands, but I'll tell you. What you think he understands might not be what he actually understands. There are times we have genuine, genuine reasons why we need to step back, to retreat, or to have a break, and to have a rest. So I'm not saying it's, it is wrong to send an excuse, but when it becomes obvious that you're ever tired, but if it was money you were being asked to go get, you won't be tired. If it was a party, you won't be tired. Especially these young people. I always say, no, no, the same rule you use for your social life. I want to see it even better in the kingdom of God, because here there is greater responsibility, there is greater reward. Amen. Yes. The book of Psalms, David says, when you did these things and I kept silence, you thought I was like you, but now I rebuke you and accuse you to your face. You know, there are things we can keep doing and we think it is okay. And there's also scripture that says, you know, because God does not punish sin immediately, we think it's okay to just carry on. Just because there's not immediate punishment or immediate effect. So you, we think we can get away with it. We just get away with so much because we are not seeing the repercussions immediately. But may the Lord help us. So why should we fear the Lord? I'll give you very quickly a rundown why we should fear the Lord, what the Bible says about the fear of the Lord. What are the benefits? Why should I walk in the fear of the Lord? Number one is the command. If you read at your own time, Deuteronomy 13, 4, and also read Psalms 33, verse 8, 
Deuteronomy 13 says, You shall follow the Lord your God and fear him. Psalm 33 says, Let all the earth, whole earth, fear the Lord, and let everyone stand in awe of him. Luke 23, verse 39 to 40 says, Don't you fear God, even when you have been sentenced to die. You remember this story of uh, the thief on the cross? Even at the point where he's, he really needs the mercies of God, one is just bubbling away. You know the forward mouth that the Lord said, this is the fear God hates. But he's talking away and the other one questioned him, don't you even fear God? Even when you are at your last minute, we need to fear God. It is a command. We are encouraged by scripture to stand in awe of who he is. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. Number two, and they are not in any order of significance. It's as I wrote them as they flow in my mind and spirit. It is the beginning of wisdom. We quote that all the time. Proverbs 10, we always say, you know, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. But you can't apply wisdom that you don't have. If you want wisdom so that you calculate your life and live your life well, then you need to have the fear of the Lord because it's the beginning of wisdom. Now, Proverbs 4, verse 7 to 9 says, The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost you all you have, and get understanding. Cherish her, and she will exalt you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Now, Proverbs 1, verse 7 also says, The fear of God is the foundation of true knowledge. You want knowledge, you want, you want to understand what to do, which direction to take in life. The fear of God is the foundation of true knowledge. Any counsel, any wisdom you need in your life, fear God. It is the foundation. It helps to lay the foundation. You can be an authority of all authority. You can be intelligent and know many things and many facts, but nothing surpasses the wisdom that is from above. Intelligence, education, all those rank very low when you compare with the wisdom that comes from God. You want knowledge, you want to know what to do, you want direction, fear God is the beginning of wisdom. Praise the name of Jesus. What the scripture says is another thing that fear of God keeps us from sin. Proverbs 16 verse 6 says, by fearing the Lord or through the fear of God, sin is avoided. By fearing the Lord, sin is avoided. I read before it says the fear of God is to hate evil, to hate pride, arrogance, to stay away from the evil way. The fear of God in your heart puts a brick. You want to go this way and the fear of God rings the alarm bells. And you know it sounds right, but the fear of God is telling me, no, it is not good for me. So you are restrained. You know, Job 28 verse 28, it says, the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. We stay away from that which God hates. So we start to love what God loves. When you walk in the fear of God, his pleasure becomes your pleasure. His will becomes your will. You start to desire, you know, uh, to just walk in his way. In fact, I wrote somewhere, one of the other benefits of the fear of God is that he fulfills the desires of our hearts. And why is that? You know, Proverbs says, 145, he says, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him. That's Proverbs 145, verse 19. So because what, what happens is that when you walk in reference, when you're so conscious of who God is, of his presence, of his will, it means that you get to a point where you're so uh, aligned with what he loves and what he likes. 
So his desires become your desires. So when scripture says he fulfills the desires of those who fear him, what it's literally saying is you have absorbed his desires. So you're no longer living your own life. It's what Paul says. It's no longer I that live it, but Christ. Why? Because your whole life now is absorbed in fulfilling that only that which God desires. So your desires are fulfilled because they are God's desires. Praise the name of Jesus. Are you with me so far? Amen. So why also should we walk in the fear of God? I don't know what number we are at now. I think you're number four or five. It gives you a strength of strong confidence. A sense of strong confidence. Maybe sometimes we struggle with a bit of low esteem here, low self-confidence here. Maybe we've been knocked about by life in so many different ways. The fear of God. The Bible says in Proverbs 14 verse 26, In the fear of God, one has strong confidence and secure fortress. In the fear of God. Strong fortress. You're well surrounded. There is security and there is confidence. It keeps you strong inwardly and outwardly because you know who you believe you know you're following you're walking in obedience praise the name of jesus so boldness assurance knowing you're not alone knowing you are not on your own knowing that god will keep his word this is the assurance that comes when you walk in the fear of god whichever direction life takes you if you're walking in the fear of the lord the bible says there is strong confidence and secure fortress you know that he will keep his word you know that he will be faithful. You know that even though I can't see him, he's still around. Even though I can't hear him, he's still around. Because God is not a man that he should change his mind. Neither the son of man that he should lie. So you, you just know that what he has said, it shall come to pass. Praise the name of Jesus. Another thing, another reason why we should walk in the fear of the Lord is that it provides protection. Divine protection. Psalms 34 verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Protection. We all want to be saved. We all want to be sure that uh, in our time of needs, when we need the protection from the schemes and the arrows of the enemy, that there is a barrier, that there is a protection. Remember what the enemy uh, said and told uh, God when he accused Job and they were discussing about Job. And the devil said, isn't it because you have surrounded him? If you remove some of the protection, maybe I'll find a way. In the fear of God, the Bible says, he commands the angels to encamp around those who fear God. So it is in our benefit to walk in the fear of God. It is good for you and me to walk in the fear of God. Because when the arrows that come by day or by night, they hit the protection or the, the racade that the, the, the Lord has put, or they find the angels who is able to bend the arrows back to center. That's why he says they will come in one way, they scatter in seven different ways. Why? Because the angels are on duty and they are on guard for those that fear the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. I love this. The Bible says in, also in Proverbs 19, this is about the fear of God leads to life. Now Proverbs 19 verse 23 says the fear of God leads to life. It's a source of every blessing imaginable. You want life? You want it in abundance? We've already been promised that Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundant. Now, to achieve that and to walk in that promise, you need to walk in the fear of God. The Bible says it leads to life. I love what Proverbs says in Proverbs 14, I think, 
27 it says the fear of God is the fountain of life it gives you a well a stream that feeds your life constantly a fountain of life life is flowing from your clear berries shall flow rivers of living waters that is out of the fear of God the fear of God builds you up and gets you to that point that life flows out of you praise the name of Jesus in the same context that it leads to life, if you read some, uh, Proverbs 10, verse 27 says, The fear of God prolongs life. Oh, do I love this. Prolongs life. This could be either way. Could be missing. Because we're walking in the fear of God, we are assured of many things that prolongs our life. But when he says the fear of God prolongs life, he's talking more about the quality of life. Have you ever been around the people that have been in your community, in your life for one week, and they make an impact, they sound or it feels like they've been there for many years. That is a prolonged life. That is a prolonged life. Now we have a man in the Bible, I think it was Mother Sarah Pastor, isn't he? The one who lived 999 years. And the Bible doesn't record anything this man did, apart from living. Apart from counting the number of years, there's no record about what this man ever did. Then you find other people like Christ, they come for only 33 years. And the impact from years and generations and centuries and millenniums, the impact remains. Prolonged life. They live their life and then their life, the life is lived through others and through others and through others. And it multiplies the fear of God prolongs life. It gives quality. It gives impact. You live a life that is purposeful, that you can count. Somebody can look and say, you actually lived because I can tell A, B, C, D. But when you are 70, now I'm at 50, there is nothing to show. Why should someone be around? You know, it, there has to be a quality. There has to be impact. There should be something about the hope community in this neighborhood that if you are walking in the fear of God, the community should feel the impact, the prolonged existence or the reason for existence. It prolongs life. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. I know I'm rushing through my notes. I'm rushing through all that because I really want us to, to understand the many benefits that are there. Praise the name of Jesus. And I pray that God will help us, God will help you, God will help me, that as you walk, as you live your life, let this fear, let this awareness of who God is, awareness that is the God who is love, but also a consuming fire, a God that does not ignore sin, a God that is full of grace, a God that is merciful. Indeed, every morning, including today, he renewed his mercies, and that's why we are here. But that is the same God who is a consuming fire. It's the same God who will not be quick to hit, but he has not forgotten. He watches and seeing everyday habits that are wrong, that are not in the will of God, become iniquity and he does not let iniquity get away from him, unpunished. That's what scripture says. So we, I want to encourage, I know sometimes in church we talk a lot about blessing, we talk a lot about favor and grace, but we, we ought to live a certain way so that the world can attest these people are different. It is our lives, you know, some that speak. Some people will never see Christ, will never even be inside a building until they watch alive and say their life is different. They have reference for God. It's not just what they say, but when you watch their life, they fear and they dread the God that they serve. What we confess becomes our lifestyle. People just need to watch 
and see. Praise the name of Jesus. So how do we uh, get to a point where we learn to walk in it? What can help us? I'll just say two things as I close. What can help you to walk in the fear of God? And it's two things that we have already done here this morning. Two habits that we can form that will help you and I to get deeper into this, to get to know God. One of the things I would like to encourage you to do constantly is to pray. A man and a woman that fears the Lord, they are prayerful. Show me a man that walks in the fear of God and I'll show you a man of prayer. Show me a woman that walks in the fear of God and I'll show you a woman that is prayerful. The Bible says the secrets of the Lord are with those that fear Him. Those that seek Him. So if you want to the download from heaven because with the fear of God there is the level, a dimension of the fear of God that does not come without revelation. There is a way you can walk with God and He will reveal Himself to you but that will not come without revelation. Revelation doesn't come easy. Spending time on our knees before the Lord, spending time in our altars, in our sacred place, seeking to understand, seeking to know God, seeking to know not just what He can do, but His ways. And on our knees we tap into the heaven, and there is a download, and God starts to reveal Himself in the secret place. And there are things God will show you that you wake up, you stand up from where you are, and you're full of dread. You just fear this God. There is a revelation He can give you that just opens your eyes to things that you have never thought of and you stand in awe of this God. Revelation would come without prayer. We need to be people who are devoted to prayer. People who are devoted to seeking His face. I'm not talking about bringing prayer requests. Seeking His face. Show yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I want to get deeper. The Bible says deep call it unto deep. You want to get deeper from one level to another level. That's where you get revelation. You get to know who Christ is. And when you're on your knees, when you wake up in the morning, you dread this God. You, you are so aware of who he is. You are so aware of what he loves, what he doesn't love. It's constantly, as Moses says, his fear is constantly in front of you. Because what it does, as we said, it keeps us from sin, is that before you open your mouth, you're, you're sieving through the thoughts even, to think what is feeding that thought. Is it right? Is it arrogance? Is it hate? Is it unforgiveness? And the Spirit of God puts you on a standstill, rectified. It restrains you. The fear of God restrains you. You want to speak, the fear of God restrains you and tells you, no, Jane, think. Refresh those words. Don't say it this way. Say it this way. That is the fear of God. It restrains you. You think, I have a right to answer this. The fear of God said, no. All things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. Say it the fear of God reminds you of those. You think, I have a, a right to do this, but the fear of God says, no, stop. Will it please God? Will it bring glory to the Lord? Will God be magnified? You want to go a certain direction and as you're walking, the fear of God says, no. There are things you think, this is right free for me, this is my right, this is my way, but the fear of God says, no. When we are so aware and conscious and intentional to walk with God, that if you are desiring and purposing, say, every day, God help me. I want to walk in your fear. I want to, 
I want to magnify you. I want my life to bring glory to your name. I want my action to praise you, to bring, you know, let people praise you because of the way I live my life. And the only way we can do that is if we walk in the fear of God. Much of that is in our prayer closet. Much of that is to do with how we speak. There is, there is a time, there is a dimension you cannot spend time with God and speak anyhow with. You cannot spend time in God and hate. You cannot spend time with God and, and, and walk in unforgiveness. They don't work. Because the Lord will not let you move right, left, or center. It's like he puts you in his own small prison. It's like, change this. Change that. Change this. There are alarm bells. Because when you spend time with him, he wants you to be like him. We are growing every day to the image of Christ. We want to be conformed to his will, to his image. When you spend time with God, there are things you thought were important and all of a sudden they lose meaning, they lose value. And you can sing like you are singing here this morning, take everything and give me Jesus. Because things start to fade in value. There are many things that fade away because you start to get a different perspective of who God is and that's all you want. There are many other things that make sense but give me Jesus. And Jesus means I have to walk in a certain way. That comes from a place of prayer. Because that's where God reveals himself. Praise the name of Jesus. The second thing is the word of God. This word of the Lord. This has to be in our heart. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. You want life? You want to know the fear of God? Read about him here. Let revelation come through scripture. The Bible says the entering of the word brings light. When this word comes into our lives and there is revelation of what it really means, you stand in awe of God. And from then on, your walk will change. How you relate with people will change. How you act will change. How you serve will change. How you do anything you do will change when some of what is written here becomes real and life in your spirit. You start to think, wow, I thought I can do it this way, but scripture says, so those two things, the word and the prayer, they align you and help us to walk in the fear of God. And it's my prayer that in these last days, when we have many competing voices and many competing religions and many competing faith and many things that are coming into the world, you know, I just keep thinking, we're living in a time where anything goes. I mean, anything really goes. And sometimes we have spoken this word to the, from the rooftops, but it's not working for some. How about if our lives were something you cannot argue with? You know, in the book of Acts, Paul gets to a point where the people are arguing about, and they say, these people, <clears throat> there's some few things we know. They are not trained. They are not learning. But the spirit from which they speak, there is a manner. There is something from the apostles. And the people say, that we cannot argue with. It's a different dimension. This is a different ballgame. We can argue about their training, we can argue about what, but there is something about them and the spirit that flows in them that they could not compete with. Amen. The fear of God will get us to that point where the world has all the argument, but when they look at how we live our lives, it's like, okay, that's an all-God zone because they are different. This is what Daniel did. The Bible says when he was put in the king's chamber and all the things they were doing, they, he was not alone. You know? And the Bible says he distinguished himself. 
amongst his peers. Everyone else, but yeah, he's working like us. He's doing it, but there is something about this Daniel and the three Hebrew boys that is so different. The fear of God brings you to that place where you don't have to explain yourself so much because your life is a testament that there is God and there is honor and that he is ruling in your life. May the Lord help us. May the Lord renew our strength. Some of us have been Christians for so many years and it's good to, it's possible to just get familiar with the Christ, Christianese, the, the Christian way of doing things and just saying it and we have lost that close contact. We have lost that dread. We just live our lives. We know what to do. We wake up and we know what to do. I remember when I was, when Michelle was young and uh, because we learn, we get used to habits of what we see. We can get so used to God that we forget he's God, he's a father, he's a friend, but he is almighty, he is sovereign. We are not in the same, we need to walk in awe of him. And I remember Michelle when she was young, and I think because her cot was in our bedroom, and I, even as she started to grow and she started to, from when she started to learn to walk, to even crawl, to walk, because she could observe me, sometimes you know babies will wake up and you're still in bed. But I think she realized, and I didn't pick until later, that she was watching. She's, she's baby, but she's watching. And I remember when she started to walk, she would get out, pull something like a pillow from a bed, and go on the floor, and she'd be there, ah, that, that, and she can't even speak properly. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on with this child? Every time she get out, instead of crying or running out, she would go on the floor. And after sometimes I realized, as she was growing, I didn't stop it, and I couldn't stop it. And I just realized, oh, she thinks, because she has seen me, you get from bed, get your pillow and get on the floor to pray. And she thought that's what people do when they start walking. <laughs> and for many years, that's what this girl did. And this must have stopped when she went to school. But she would wake up, get the pillow, and I don't know whether she was knowing what she was saying, but she would go on the floor, blah, blah, blah. And then she would be looking up, when do we stop? It's like... <laughs> and when I picked up, I'm like, now you can stop. We need to get ready, go to school. But I thought, Wow, you mean she was watching and when she learned to walk, she thinks you wake up, you go down. You get out of bed, you go down. And you know, in the things of the kingdom, even with the fear of God that we are talking about, there are many out there that are watching and they want a pattern, they want a demonstration. The God you want me to believe in, how much more do you reference him? Have you set him apart in your life so much that I can comfortably copy you? As Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In other words, I'm, living, I'm a living copy. I'm a duplicate of heaven. Copy me. And we are not perfect. But there should be things that people should emulate and think, this is desirable. This is honorable. This, this is lovely. To behold it. I would love to be like this. Because you're walking in the fear of God. There is no conflict between what you say and what you do. The fear of God removes that conflict. May the Lord help us. Can you rise up on our feet and just... For one minute or two, just tell the Lord to help me. Because God knows where we all are. Father, this afternoon we lift up our hands before you. We thank you for your presence right here today. We know that you're here to help us. We know that you're here to grow us. We know that you desire that we become more and more like you, Jesus. And this morning we surrender, this afternoon we surrender to you. We pray that... You will help our weaknesses. You will help where there is 
no strength. We pray that strength will start to arise in every area of our lives. Let strength arise. Let strength arise. Let there be grace. Grace to step out from our comfort zones. Grace to step out and to do the new, to obey, to do that which you've asked us to do, O oh God. To do that which you want us to do. Help us to be conscious, to be intentional how we live our lives, O oh God. And we pray that by your spirit you will help us in the place of prayer. You will help us in the study of the word. You will help us as we focus our eyes on you. You are the great intercessor, Jesus. And you do pray for us with groanings that cannot be understood. This afternoon we pray, help our unbelief. Help us in our intercession, oh God. Open the eyes of our understanding, oh God. That we may know you as who you really are. And may our lives may be full of dread and fear of who you are, oh God. May we live our lives with that constant awareness of your awesomeness, of your sovereignty. May we hallow you. May we esteem you. May we crown you with many crowns in our lives, O oh God. May our lives be a living sacrifice before you, Lord. Pray that you may help each and every one of us, those that are here and those that have been following online. Lord, we pray for grace. We pray for your help to be the people that you've called us to be. We pray that the fear of God, the new fear in our lives will prolong our lives, will bring health. Bible says that the fear of God is strength to our bones and nourishment to our inner beings. Father, we pray that you will help us. In Jesus' name we pray and we believe. Amen. Thank you.